Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sangai along with Chuchi with you like usual. Real fast before we jump into it with our guest, if you're looking for some pro wrestling, you got options out there tonight. WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. And Cole Roderick's Middleweight Grand Prix at the Arena in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Also, WTF in Bourbon, Indiana. Tomorrow night, you can find me at Gouge Pro Wrestling in Raleigh, North Carolina. The first gouge show since the pandemic. It is being held at Cloud's Tap Room, so find me there. Supreme Wrestling, back at it in Seymour, Indiana. 907 Wrestling Academy at Anchorage, Alaska. RWC in Lumberton, North Carolina. WXW in Mineola, Florida. RCW in South Bend, Indiana. And SOS is taping tomorrow. They will... They will stream that on Tuesday, so you can check out SOS and then check out the stream of it on Tuesday. But without any further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show. He is out of the great state of South Dakota, the time traveler, DeLorean Diggs. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. Well, since today is your first time with us, I will start you out today with the traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Ooh, all right. So basically with that story, um started when I was definitely uh, really, really young. Um because uh, uh, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, my granddad uh, and my grandpa was huge wrestling fans, diehard wrestling fans. Um, and a uh, follow-up story when it comes to that is that um, my uh, great-auntie actually uh, wrestled in the uh, territories down in the south uh, around in the 1950s, 1960s uh, by the name of Dina Beeman. But uh, that's another story for another time. But uh, basically how it happened was uh, they were watching a tape from AWA, uh, and it was uh, the match with uh, Kurt Hanning and uh, Nick Bodwinkle for the AWA title. And uh, I remember that match more than anything. That match was pretty awesome. And I just I just fell in love with it. Um, and I remember, like, after everything was all said and done, like when it was over, I remember just young me running up to the TV where uh, both my grandparents and uh, my dad was watching too, uh, I pointed to the TV and I was like, I want to do that one day. 
And then, uh, you know, my granddad, both my granddads, they, they were proud. My dad kind of laughed about it because, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you say you want to do a lot of things. Like, you know, you want to be an astronaut. You want to be a, a doctor. You want to be the person to, uh, to make world peace happen. And uh, that's just something that sticks with me at the age of two, and I never looked back since, honestly. Now, like I said in the opening, you come to us out of South Dakota. Uh, there has been a history of professional wrestling in South Dakota. Uh, the AWA would routinely run in South Dakota towns when they were a thriving territory. Uh, you get the occasional independent group that would pop up. But in the last few years, Midwest All-Pro Wrestling has hit the state of South Dakota, and they are doing very well under the guidance of Nick Dinsmore. What can you tell us about the wrestling scene in South Dakota, which for a lot of our listeners will be a place they have not seen wrestling? Yes, I will gladly uh, talk about that. So basically when it comes to – where is my thing? When it comes to South Dakota, I mean, legitly being honest, moving here, like, because when you hear – when you talk about, like, the Midwest in general, like, you know, Wisconsin has a great following, Chicago, amazing following, Minnesota, I mean, the history is in itself there. And then you have, you know, Indiana, all the surrounding parts. But when you hear of South Dakota, you don't tend to think that there's anything here because, you know, to be honest, there there wasn't anything here, especially when I moved down here. Um, and uh, how I found out, honestly, about Midwest All-Pro Wrestling was uh, through a couple buddies of mine because, um, frankly, usually when the WWE go on tour, I tend to know, like, when they come in basically the South Dakota area. And uh, long story short, uh, my friend uh, Eric, uh call him Augie for short, he told me, he's like, hey, uh, do you want to catch some wrestling? And uh, long story short, I was like, well, they don't tour until like another like couple months because they advertised it. And he was like, no, there is actually wrestling here in South Dakota. And me being me, I'm just like, wait, what? Like, this is a thing? So then um, fast forward, I go to the show, um, and then – ooh, I got echoey. Uh, then launched, then watch the show, Midwest All-Pro Wrestling, put on a fantastic show. Uh, Gold Rush Rumble was the first show uh, that they showcased because they were crying the first ever uh, Midwest All-Pro champion. And I remember during the intermission part of it that basically they were having – try uh there was having a mini camp and then like both of my buddies uh augie who went and then my other friend uh charlie uh eccles they just both give me like the side eye and they were just like you're gonna do this right because long story short i started a little bit early and i always wanted to do wrestling so after that it was just like well since they want me to do it i think i'm just gonna go ahead and get back into it you know so um, but yeah, like South Dakota Midwest All Pro um, is one of the finest standouts because uh, I know there's stronger areas like in 
Iowa, there's Omaha and all that. But South Dakota, when you tend to think of professional wrestling scene here or the indie indie wrestling scene here, there's practically none to exist, uh, none existent. So basically we're just trying to, we tour around South Dakota to get our name out there because a lot of people in this state really love professional wrestling. Oh, for sure. I, I know it goes back, like I said, to the AWA years. So a lot of people grew up watching a lot of the really great professional wrestlers from the previous generation. When you go on tour in South Dakota and you hit some of these towns, from what you observe, are you getting a lot of the fans that did watch the AWA and they did watch uh, when territories would come through, or are you getting people that are fans of WWE that don't have alternatives to live wrestling, or are you seeing more uh, fans of independent wrestling that follow it on social media and streaming services but want to check out something live and are now getting the chance? With that one, it's a little bit of a mixture of basically each and every single one that you name. Because, you know, you have, we have, you got the people that, um, what was around when, you know, the AWA toured, whether it was like Rapid City, um, in the old Sioux Falls Arena. Um, and then you got the, you know, the current generation who, you know, they stream, they like wrestling in, or they watch, you know, the weekly episodic episodes where it's like, you know, it's Raw, SmackDown. A lot of people, um, and one of the things I caught on tour, uh, when we, tour around places that um, a lot of people, what I always hear, they mostly talk about uh, how, you know, WCW always made a tour around the area. You know, I heard more WCW than when it came to uh, WWE back then because uh, most of the reason why, because a lot of people always tell me the story that uh, they was there uh, when they were in uh, Sioux Falls and they were running Nitro, and they ended up canceling Nitro early because they were basically the fans were throwing stuff in the ring. And uh, Kevin Ash basically <laughs> mid-promo said, like, we will, like, end the show if you guys keep throwing stuff. And, I mean, it was the 90s back then, so it's just, like, it was pretty chaotic. But, um, you know, people just, like, it's a mixture of everything in between. Like, a lot of people, I mean, when, especially when it comes to wrestling nowadays, uh, especially when it comes to, like, how – heavy like Twitter is or how big YouTube has became from way back when, you know, like it, it grew and like, it's, it's great to hear every story when it comes to like, you know, people still keeping up with wrestling or people saying like, you know, like I stopped watching wrestling, honestly, when I can say mid, like, for example, like mid two thousands, but seeing you guys tour put on a great show made me want to actually, like, watch wrestling and get back into it. So, I mean, those are always pretty great to hear. Like I was saying, uh, Nick Dinsmore, very, very instrumental in launching a professional wrestling scene in South Dakota. He was on a few Nitros in his day. He worked for WCW in kind of one-off situations. I don't think he was ever contracted there. But he is someone that fans would recognize not only from those appearances, but also, of course, coming from WWE, where he was on 
national TV for several years. Uh, he, I'm sure, one of the bigger names that is a regular for you out there. What's it like working with someone like Nick Dinsmore that has that type of national company experience and has the experience from Ohio Valley Wrestling where he trained a lot of top talent that is now at the national stage? It's great, honestly, because, um, you know, like everybody knows, you know, you everybody knows him for being Eugene because, uh, you know, because like a lot of my friends that go to the show always talk about, man, like I remember him watching him on TV and now like he's here basically performing shows and like he's here in, in South Dakota at all places. Uh, but hearing that, hearing people talk about how, because uh, some of like their diehard wrestling fans, remember him as Mr. Wrestling Nick Dinsmore. So, like, they remember the WCW, uh, uh, WCW, people remember uh, him being, you know, the OVW heavyweight champion, you know, a record-setting number of nine times, I believe. And uh, just getting, just picking his brain every chance I get is is amazing because, you know, it's not a lot of people can say, you know, they – train with somebody that trained with the likes of, that helped train superstars like John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Charlotte, Sasha Banks. Like, it's literally a, a, a who's who that he helped train. And just, like, absorbing everything he, he you know, talks about, listens to everything he says, the advice he gives, it's honestly, it's a real humbling experience. Well, if it helps you out at some point with Eugene from personal experience, he cheats at hair versus hair matches. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I've seen a couple of those. Like you know, when it comes to you know hair versus hair and like. Some about tuxedo matches every time he talks about it. It's always those that, you know, he talks about, like, you know, like, you know, I'm not not saying I'm a big deal when it comes to those matches, but I'm pretty much a big deal. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I definitely caught some of that big deal when he beat me in a hair versus hair match. You ask him the night he took sign guy's hair, and he'll tell you the story. <laughs> Now, obviously, in South Dakota, uh, you're going to be like some of the other more isolated states like Alaska and like Hawaii, like Montana, where there is a limited amount of people to pull from when it comes to the wrestling roster. It's not like a lot of places where if a couple of guys can't make it at the last minute, you can just call up a couple more and have them there really quick. Uh, I'm sure it's kind of a more closed group of people. How important is it in that type of situation when you have a limited crew to have people that know how to do multiple jobs just in case there is a problem with someone and they can't make a particular show? Uh, Very critical, honestly. Um, Because, you know, with the world opening up slowly now, uh, 
it, it's it's getting better, but like you know, okay, with some of the isolated states and like states that are still basically in lockdown, like you know, you don't, you can't. You Up, did we lose you there? Hey, hello. Uh oh, let's see. Lauren, do we have you? Uh oh, I think we lost him, QT. Well, this uh, does happen um, several times. This has happened several times. Um, Hey, I'm, I think he'll pop up. He probably was going through a tunnel in South Dakota, or he had an encounter. The mountains got him. The mountains, yes. Or a buffalo. I would hate to see him get hit by a buffalo. Wasn't there a record called the Berserk Buffalo? Um, no, but there was Tatanka, who in his native language from the Lumbee, a Native American tribe, was buffalo. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Lum- now, was that Lumney? I thought Lumney was a uh, Indian tribe in the northwest. Lumney. Lumbee. They are from North Carolina, I believe. Lumbee. Okay. I thought you said Lumney. That's a, that's a oh. near Vashon Island, I believe. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, Tatanka is not from there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wonder if you could. Well, uh, well, it's up to Mister uh, Diggs Delorean to call back in. Yes. Hmm. Hopefully he Maybe will call he back. Probably just lost the connection. Oh, okay. But um, in the meantime, do you have any type of book you would like to read from? Say, like on page ninety-three. I will do that with the mass saint. However, I would like to ask you a question based on the video that I saw, Empire Auto Sales, undisputed title. Uh, at one point in the match, when uh, and, and you've got to keep in mind that Brandon Nitro and DeLorean Diggs were tied together by a strap, the referee started jump roping. And I was stunned to see the referee execute six nice jumps with good vertical height, uh, successful. And although he backed up and had his neck kind of uh, uh, forced down by the strap, he recovered. What did you yourself think about the jump roping uh, uh, athletic abilities of the referee in this match? Well, you know, officials have to keep in top form, and jump roping is – good for cardiovascular training. It is also good to increase vertical leap. So not surprising that he was proficient in jump roping. All right, and I believe we have our guest back. Am am I back? Am I back? You are back. I did not know I disconnected. I am sorry about that. Um, Not a problem, not a problem at all. So um, shoot, you were talking when we were asking about um, the critical need for guys to know multiple roles. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, So basically, um, it just helps to know that like if you get the big call um, when you go somewhere, where is that? Like if it's like WWE or AEW, 
if let's just say, you know, you're set to work a tag team match, but, you know, worst case scenario, three out of the four people tested positive for COVID. So either they put you in like a makeshift match or they just cancel it. You just, it shows that either one, you can have character and be like, okay, you know, it's a learning experience. This is what I know I can do. Or it's just one of those, because you don't want to ever be one of those people to be like a deer caught in the head, like just be like, oh, no, my match changed. I don't know what to do. I'm not prepared for this. Because a lot of people look into that just like, okay, if you work two matches in the night and you're prepared and ready for it, it shows that, you know, you've been not only taught well and trained well, but basically you're you're ready when your number is called. For sure, that is very, very good advice. Now, obviously, like I said, there's going to be a limited crew. That also means you're going to have a fairly small number of ring announcers, timekeepers, referees, uh, that sort of thing. They are vital to the success of a wrestling show. I know uh, Nick Dinsmore has trained several referees that have been very, very good. What do you think of the referee situation there in South Dakota when you go on tour? It's big. Um, one of the things I've uh, one of the things I learned too when it comes to training uh, is that because one of the things that Nick taught us is you know it's 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 an old cliche, but you know if you go somewhere new. Um, you know, whether it's like, you know, you helping, like you trying to see if you can get put on a show or you just being there to be there, uh, it always helps like, they always say like, bring your gear because you never know uh, what'll happen. Uh, and one of the things that I've picked up on sometimes too, like if it's like a completely new scene and, you know, if it's short, short on staff, if you legit know how to actually do a ref a match, and, you know, let's just say, like, you go to a show and it's just like, oh, one of the uh, two, like, our our senior official referee couldn't make it family emergency. And, you know, because, you know, you don't, you don't want to have, like, people that's already wrestling booked on the show uh, basically wrestle and then ref uh, unless it's, like, a, a special attraction match. But if it's just like one of those, like, oh, like, you know, you're not on the show, but like, hey, can you do us a solid? Can you have a, can you ref? And you're like, yeah, sure. Like, I know how to referee. I know what to do it. And then if you do good, uh, the promoters look at that as like, huh. Not only, it's like, well, this guy that just came along, like, we don't know much about him, but he helped us referee uh, when we needed it. Um, and then, you know, then that's when they realized, like, oh, he can also wrestle, too. It's just, like, this person can be reliable. And it it it, it helps work out, like, definitely a working relationship for sure. So where it's just, like, if, you know, someone sees he's like, hey, I know that guy. That guy uh, refed at my show one time. And then when they see your work and all that, it it it, it basically it, it helps out tremendously, basically, is where I'm getting at. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I completely am on board with what you're saying there. Uh, in South Dakota, uh, I've never uh, worked there myself, but I'm sure South Dakota just uh, geography-wise is kind of a mountainous area, so I'm sure a lot of places where you go to wrestle, 
the elevation is going to come into play for you. What do you have to do, if anything special, cardio-wise, to be able to compete uh, when you do go to places that are maybe are a different elevation? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, Nick always taught us uh, when it comes to training is just, you know, just breathe. Like, uh, it, it's something that it sounds so simple. It sounds easy, but, you know, sometimes, you know, you always get the wrestlers, and I'm sure, like, you, you've seen it on hand, uh, first experience, is just, like, whether it's their first match or whether, uh, you know, they have their 100 matches, their uh Somewhere that they could, they might consider to be out of their element. They, they tend to rush things. They tend to overthink things, and they tend to do a lot of stuff to where they get blown up. Um, so, like you know, one of the simple things is you know just always breathe and always relax. Because when you when you're calm, everything will be okay. You won't rush, overthink things. And then like after that, you know, like when that happens, like you can work like a a brief eight minute match. You're like, oh man, that kind of went by quick and I actually did pretty good. Um, you know, cardio is just not overdoing like basically not overdoing anything, just taking it slow, taking it easy. Um, cuz you know, one of the things like and it's part of Nick's reputation too. Nick is known for when he was Mr. Wrestling to put on bar burners, to put on like long grueling matches depending on the climate, depending on the situation, like it didn't matter like he put on a wrestling clinic, which is why he was called Mr. Wrestling. And, you know, when you train uh, in any wrestling school, one of the things that they want to make sure is good is your endurance, your cardio. Because, you know, you don't want to be known as that guy that gets in the ring and then within two minutes can't catch their breath. That's <laughs> – I never wanted to be that guy, and I hope I – don't go that route. So it's just like just simple practicing. Like, you know, if you're hitting the gym every day, every chance you get, uh, I can't say every day because with certain places, uh, with certain situations, you know, you don't like some people don't have access to a gym. Some people don't have access to proper weight equipment too, to be honest. So just, you know, just being calm, just taking your time, um, working at your pace. Uh, also as well, too, because if you work at your pace and it's a good pace, like, you know, you know, because you can have one guy be like, be the high flyer, and then you have the other guy that's be a brawl, that's a brawler. So each of those, like the styles of clash, basically, will, um, usually it helps a lot of things, but it's just like, if you don't change up your routine, if you keep it the way it is, whether you are a high flyer, whether you are a brawler, whether you are you know, a, a technician, it's, it helps out. And, you know, just being in, you know, the best shape that you can possibly be. That definitely helps out in pro wrestling. You always want to be cardiovascular in shape. Now, of course, it's your own training, uh, being trained by a guy like you said, that was known as Mr. Wrestling at one point, one of the uh, more technically adept wrestlers that you're ever going to come across, uh, someone that has trained a ton of guys. Is there a favorite hold 
that is in your arsenal that you learn from Nick Dinsmore? Oh, wait, that's a loaded question. Um, man, you got me thinking today. <laughs> um, honestly, um, it's it's hard to point out one because, you know, there's he like, I mean, the simplest of holds he teaches, but like one of the things that, you know, Nick is really gr- good at when it comes to hold, putting on a certain hold is just letting the crowd take it in. Because, like, if you just sit there slap a, let's just say, let's just slap a, a, a headlock on somebody and, like, the crowd don't take time to, like, sink it in and enjoy it, then, you know, Nick, in his words, like, what's the point of even doing it? Because, you know, we want to give them give them time to absorb what's going on for the story to be told. Um, one of the holds, believe it or not, he put me in, um, you know, the good old amateur hold of uh, – you know, the banana split. I don't know how he got me there, but like he, it, 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 yeah, that was an experience <laughs> when I, when I started training. But um, honestly, he really loves, and it's just something I just think off the top of my head. He, he loves like the abdominal stretch. I will say that. That's definitely one which I hope I can actually do more and work more whenever I get a chance to. But like, just, I don't know. Nick, he, he loves working a lot of holds. Nick loves – he loves stretching people whenever you get a chance to and just working them. Like, <laughs> uh, as being with someone that, like, when, like, actually, like, rolled around with him for a little bit, like, there was one time I was stretching. Yeah, that was – that was an eye-opener. <laughs> I can definitely imagine that. One of the – divisions within pro wrestling that is a little bit different than any other company's division is the X division at Impact Wrestling. They've always had a very different style for the X division. It has kind of changed and adapted over the years from what it originally was, but it's still a different type of division than you're going to see in most promotions. You seem like the type of wrestler that might work well in an X division. Is the X division type of wrestling something that you most enjoy? Oh, I'll, I'll, thank you for that. That's actually, I'll, that, thank you. Um, honestly, I I always loved I loved the X division like even back like in its inception it it's it was something different um because you know like it, it like in the tag itself when they talk about the X division it's not about weight limits it's about no limits and like you get you get definitely that different type of styles like it's it's basically like I remember when I first saw like the first thing I said when I saw like an X Division match, uh, and one of the first X Division matches I saw it was um, Paul London and Chris Sabin uh, back when they were in um, the studio tapings all the way in Kentucky. Um, when I saw that match, um, like I was just like, this is like the cruiser rates and the light heavyweight division for WCW and New Japan, but like on like another level. Cause like, you know, you have guys 
you know, from past to present, like guys like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, um, primetime Elix Skipper, who's actually like one of my favorite wrestlers, um, guys that can work like the high flying technical style, um, and then like you have like big guys. Uh, with the big stash, you know, guys like, you know, Willie Mack, who moves like a cruiserweight, guys like Samoa Joe, who was just on another level. Um, it's definitely one of those, it's one of those divisions to where, you know, it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll elevate you um, in more ways than one. And, and basically it's, I consider, like, having, like, a lot of all-around work. Uh, basically, being the guys, like, you know what? Like, if I'm a high flyer, like, I can do, you know, the, the the Lucha Libre style, but when it comes down to it, I can also be a technical grappler and, you know, wrestle you down on the ground because, you know, with the way wrestling is nowadays, wrestling is always evolving and it's always changing. Um, so it's one of those things to where – Definitely, if I ever have a chance to be in the X division, like, I think that it will be amazing. But not only that, it will be like a learning experience because, you know, you get to learn and work with different styles. You get to, you know, adapt to, you know, your skill set and, you know, expand it basically too. So, like, I would definitely, definitely love to one day hopefully be in the X division. Because there's a lot of people that, especially with the way wrestling is now, that adapts to that X division mentality about like having no limits, have like being versatile, and it's yeah, X division is great. <laughs> X division sounds awesome. Well, at this point in time, my co-host QT Vokes is with us, and he has questions as well. So I'm going to pass you over to him. All right. Well, thank you, Sun Guy. Hello, Mr. Diggs. Hello, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Not bad. Can't complain. Um, Mr. Diggs, I saw your YouTube video entitled Empire Auto Sales Undisputed Title, uh, Brandon Nitro versus Champion, uh, the Time Traveler, DeLorean Diggs. And at the 5.30 mark of this video, four wrestlers were in the ring. I, I think they were called Magnum World Order. And yeah. uh, they were in the ring with the referee, and Brandon Nitro was on the outside ring apron. The wrestler with the microphone was trying to speak, but the crowd was drowning him out with chance of triple threat. He then said something to the crowd about triple cheeseburgers and how all the crowd was overweight and that their hearts were going to explode. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have a wrestler out here in the Northwest, the ideal reflection, Christopher Rizek, and he often tells the crowd that they are one cheeseburger away from a diabetic coma. My question is, when you are traveling on the road to certain wrestling events, what would be your number one choice for a cheeseburger? A 7-Eleven cheeseburger where you yourself 
can add onions, relish, or peppers from the condiment bar, or a cheeseburger from McDonald's, or a Wendy's Baconator cheeseburger. Oh, it's no question. Definitely Baconator. You can never go wrong with the Baconator. <laughs> oh, all right. So you, you're going on record on our show as saying that this takes precedence over a 7-Eleven cheeseburger where sometimes the condiments are not changed for many hours. Yes, that is that is on record. Like, I mean, it's just something about that first bite into a Baconator that is just is just glorious. Like you can never go wrong with a Seven Eleven um, like cheeseburger. Like, don't get me wrong on that. But you know, there's times where like if you if you hit Seven Eleven just right, you might get the the fresh one that they just got done preparing. There's times, you know, like if it's a long show, you know, it's late and they have it there probably prepped for like 30 minutes. It might get cold, depending on which 7-Eleven you go to. I was like, but okay. it's, it's just something about, you know, just, you know, a, a two beef patties with bacon in between both of them. You know, some people like may- some people like mayonnaise, some people don't. You know, it's, it's a preference thing. But it's just something like it's just something about it. I am drooling right now actually talking about this. I think I might grab me a baconator once this is over with. But it's just something well, about a bake it's just something about a baconator that is just it it hits the spot. Oh, okay. All right. How many buffalo burgers have you had in South Dakota? Buffalo burgers. Ooh we that's Man, I am going to say minimum, maybe about, I, I know it's double digits for sure, so I'm just going to say, like, rough estimate, maybe about 15, 20. It's tricky because when it comes to buffalo burgers, like, some of them, they make it just right, and there's other places. And this just might be, like, the, the I call my kind of call myself, like, a person that really loves condescending burgers or being, like, a burger extraordinaire. It's something about, like, a buffalo burger that, you know, you got to – it just got to be made a certain way. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's, like, when some people, when it comes to, like, when they have, like, a mushroom Swiss burger, like, when it comes to, like, the, the mushroom sauce – with the uh, mushroom sauce, it's like a, it has to be like a certain amount for it to be just right. So it just don't overpower it. You know, it's, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, like it's, it's tough to describe it. Like I definitely do love a Buffalo burger though. Like, don't get me wrong on that. Like, um, one of the places that actually, uh, down here that makes a really, really good Buffalo burger. Oh man. Like they just hook it up. Right. Just right. Well, I myself and Sign Guy hope that you can time travel in your DeLorean and come back a cuck about 10 years and meet the ideal reflection Christopher Rizek in the ring and force him to eat a buffalo burger. Oh, man. man. I would definitely love to do that. And then, like, I'll probably have a burger for me on the side. And, like, while I force feed it down to him, I'll probably, like, take a bite of my own burger myself. And then after that, he'd probably be like, you know what? This buffalo burger probably isn't that bad. 
Yes, I, I, I believe you could uh, uh, turn uh, the ideal reflection on to a healthier buffalo burger. That's my estimation. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Mr. DeLorean, are there any truths to the rumors from my wrestling sources from Shelton, Washington, that the advertiser and host of the undisputed auto sales tried to sell you a 1976 Ford Pinto station wagon after the match. I can't confirm nor deny it, but I will say this. It was a very good pitch. Oh, wow, a good pitch. Okay. Wow, all right. I myself, have seen, when I was young, saw a couple of those 1976 Ford Pinto station wagons, and boy, were they chip magnets. Chip magnets. They, 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 look, they look good. They got an appeal on them. Like, I ain't going to lie. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Well, Mr. DeLorean, you don't see many mustached wrestlers, although Brandon Nitro has one. Have you heard of a Northwest wrestler named Mikey Mustache who claims he has the best mustache in the business? Truth be told, I have not heard of uh, this Mikey guy, but you know what? I think, you know, the Brandon Nitro guy that you're talking about earlier, like, that stash. Like, I've never seen, like, a legit perfect stash on a man's face than Brandon Nitro's. Like, he does really good upkeeping, and, like, a part of me wants to know his secret. But he won't tell it to me. All he talks about is, uh, you know, chicken facts and basically his his love for bang energies because it wiles him up. Well, I believe uh, that he may have been influenced by former WWE superstar Big Bully Busick. Do you remember Big Bully Busick? I do remember Big Bully Busick, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I, I think he and uh, Mr. Nitro uh, had shared the same grooming clippers. Oh, they have to. They, they, they have to tell each other secrets. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, they're, like uh, you know, he's the reason why, you know, he grew that out. He told him his tricks to the trade, and then – because the thing is with Brandon Nitro, if you look at his earlier work, he was, you know, he was a a very bearded guy, like a, a, a very long beard. And he even named his beard Sanchez, believe it or not. And, you know, there was a time where, you know, Sanchez, he was taken early from us. Um, and then after that, you know, he just got into this, you know, mustache phrase. I don't know if he named his mustache, but it's a it's a pretty nice mustache. Like I wish my mustache was just, it's just something about admiring another man's mustache. It's just like, it's, it's just the, it might be just the way the light reflects is on there. It might be just like, you know, after like taking a cold sip of water, the way, you know, the water just drips off the per off that mustache. Like, I don't know. Like it's hard for me to describe like where to begin when it comes to the, the the right way to how a mustache looks because like you know if you pull up you know a book on like the uh, men with greatest mustache like you'll see 
Rick Rude, who had a marvelous mustache, a perfectly sit mustache. You know, I'm pretty sure you might see, you know, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, Iron Man in there because, you know, his mustache, you know, to beard ratio was iconic, legendary. And I'm pretty sure, like, top of that list, you will see Brandon Nitro, like, right on there. Because that mustache is just great. Wow, a, a mustache to beard ratio. Uh, before today, in the last couple seconds, I had never heard that term. Thank you for that uh, mustache to beard ratio. I, I will do it's, some research. It's definitely some research to get into because over my time traveling a couple of times, I didn't know, you know, mustache to beard ratio was like a legit concept, but it gets you thinking once you know about it. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Well, Mr. DeLorean, at the 10 minute and 40 second mark of the video, the wrestler who was holding the microphone and made the comments to the crowd about the cheeseburger heart attack ordered the referee to go and get a strap so you and Brandon could be tied together. The referee came back and entered the ring at the 11 minute and one second mark strap in hand. At the 12 minute and 20 second mark, the referee called for the bell to be rung and instantly the bell ringer replied with several well-placed bell rings. I mention this because I myself have seen how frustrated a referee can get if he calls for the bell and the bell ringer is not on the same page. It happened here in the Northwest, and this happened several times between the same referee and the same bellkeeper, so much so that the referee challenged the bell ringer to a bra and panty match. I mean, uh, a oh, regular Lord. match. Oh, yes, I was going to say, it was a bra and panty match. I was like, oh, man, he must have not ring the bell right. Well, I Maybe uh, there's rumors out there that the bellkeeper wanted a bra and panty match, but it yeah, but, oh, but the okay. it's a regular rope match. But things, gotcha. things between the referee and a bell ringer, would you agree? I would agree with that, too, because it's just like, you know, when it comes to the referee, you know, as they say, they're the law and order. You know, when it comes to being in that wrestling ring, and, you know, sometimes, you know, if, you know, you don't, listen to a referee, you don't hear listen like hear what they're saying because they're throwing down the law, like, you know, they will tend to throw a fit, you know, because you never want a referee to, you know, get so mad at you. They're basically like Earl Hebner back in the day pushing down Triple H and just be like, oh, no, he is angry. He might put my head off. Yes. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. Well, Mr. DeLorean, at the 12 minute and 50 second mark of the match, one of the commentators mentioned the strap match between Greg the Hammer Valentine and Roddy Roddy Piper. Did you yourself go on YouTube and see the strap match between Piper and Valentine? I have, yes. Oh, okay. Would you say... That is one of the top three strap matches in WWE history. That, ooh, I would agree with that. I would say maybe top, I would say top two. It's hard because, like, 
you know, when they tend to do strap matches, like, you know, it's one of those things that the rivalry has to, like, build up to, like, its boiling point to where it's, like, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Because, like, for example, like, another strap match I can think of that was good, and, like, because I know, I believe Rock, the Rock and Triple H had a strap match, too, and that was actually pretty good. I'm pretty, I know, I, I would, I'm trying to think of other strap matches that happened, but, yeah, like, I know I can think of, for example, I want to say a WCW, I think Booker T and Jeff Jarrett did one at a point in time. Uh, but, yeah, like, I would definitely say, honestly, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and Piper, that match would be up there because that match was just – that match was just intense. Like, it was very – it was it was a Donnybrook, as they definitely usually call it nowadays. Like, it – things got crazy. Well, you may want to check out the Batista versus JBL bull rope match on SmackDown in 2005. That was a good one. That's right. Yeah, that did happen. I remember that. Because I remember JBL, he also had one with uh, Eddie Guerrero, too, at uh, the Great American Bash. Uh, Yes. Wow, okay, yes. Uh, But... uh, Okay, your homework assignment is to look up Batista versus JBL bowl match. I think that's a good homework assignment. Okay. All right, I'll de- I'll definitely uh I'll definitely uh do my homework when it comes to that. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. DeLorean at the 14 minute and 13 second mark of the match, Mr. Nitro gave you a double axe handle to the upper back. And this enabled him to back you up into the corner and give you a right elbow to your head. Unfortunately, his right armpit was near your jaw and nose. My question is, have you unfortunately been in the ring where your opponent could have used a nice application of smells like teen spirit deodorant? (laughs) I mean... I've had a match before where, you know, when it comes to, you know, Axe body spray, that they used a whole lot of it. And, you know, Axe body spray with, you know, with a lot of, you know, man sweat don't smell pretty good. You know, I, I was grateful that, I didn't get, um, you know, the whole pit treatment that the nasty boys uh, used to do to people where they just rub their armpits in people's face because, man, that would not be great. Ah. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mentioned smells like teen spirit because Kurt Cobain, singer of Nirvana, once had a girlfriend who said that Kurt's uh, room in Aberdeen, Washington, smelled like teen spirit, a deodorant that was in stock at a local store in Aberdeen. My question is, have you yourself ever used Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit song as your entrance music? (laughs) I have not, but I would be lying to say I thought about of a couple of Nirvana songs. Oh, okay. 
Would one be uh, Polly, the song about the parrot? How did you know? Oh, okay. Polly, yes. <laughs> That's a very good one. I like one. that song. Like, Polly's actually kind of a pretty good song. All right. Well, Mr. DeLorean, if you could time travel back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and had a chance to talk to Danny Bonaduce of the Partridge family, Dustin Diamond or Screech of Saved by the Bell, or Michael J. Fox, who would you try to talk into being a tag team partner? I mean, that's, ooh, I would personally say Michael J. Fox because, me being a time traveler, you know, us time travelers, you know, we got to stick together. And I feel as though with his expertise in time traveling and my expertise when it comes to time traveling, I think that would be a really good tag team. Oh, okay. So you'd uh, pick him over Screech by Saved by the Bell. Wow. I mean, yeah, I would. What was what's tricky is Screech definitely has that unpredictability, which is something you would love to have in a tag team partner to say, but you know, I don't know how much how how much unpredictability you would want to have because you know, Screech is a crazy guy. Yes. Yes, and he did have a celebrity boxing match. That's true. Yep. Okay. Wow, that's very good. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Mr. DeLorean, good luck with your JBL bull rope match homework assignment. And at this moment, I'm going to time travel and give it over to the sign guy. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely do my homework for sure. Well, okay. Back to you, sign guy. Thank you, QT. Well, DeLorean, we're down to the last several minutes of the show, and I want to make sure that you have ample time to plug and promote anything you would like, say anything you would like to the listeners. So if you want to throw out your social medias, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite barbecue joint, anything in the world, floor is all yours. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Social media, uh, if you guys get a chance, you know, DeLorean, Time Traveler DeLorean Diggs is a Facebook fan page. Uh, Twitter handle and Instagram handle are both the same, at DLo Diggs. Um, YouTube page, I'm trying to get more frequently stuff uploaded there. Uh, it'll be uh, uh, DeLorean Diggs on there. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash uh, Time Traveler DeLorean. Uh, is the uh, PWT stores. Um, Upcoming shows I have going on, uh, Harrisburg Days in Harrisburg, South Dakota, uh, next Saturday, June the 12th. Um, Also, I mentioned my, uh, when I mentioned my Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram, keep an eye open on those within this coming weekend because uh, on Juneteenth, uh, Black Wrestlers Matters in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I will be defending the For the Culture Rumble trophy that I won last year. And uh, with the stipulation of that is that I choose whether I go first or last. And I will be making an announcement this weekend when it comes to that. And it's something that you guys definitely want to tune in. Uh, 
Um, June 18th, Midwest All Pro will be performing a show at Biggs Bar. Um, and then, uh, again, the day after, be back Wrestlers Matter in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And then June 25th, I will be at Harrisburg for the training center show for Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah, if you guys get a chance, you know, follow me, like, comment, subscribe. Um, you know, thank you guys for listening to me answering everything. Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. It was amazing. Um, yeah, and just thank you guys. Like, you know, I love wrestling. I love performing. And, you know, with things opening up again, you know, I hope that, you know, I can uh, get into other places as well. We hope to see you in a lot more places as 2021 progresses, and maybe we'll get you up here to our own Pacific Northwest at some point. Awesome. I would love to actually to go out there in the Northwest. I've actually never been to the Northwest before, so it would definitely be a good experience for me. Absolutely. We will have to get you up here. And don't forget to be wary if you get challenged to a hair versus hair match with Eugene. Oh man, like that I would I I'll do my research and homework for sure when it comes to that. I will definitely take your words in and to not trust trust that that guy when it comes to that stipulation. <laughs> Absolutely. I know from personal experience it's not a good situation. But uh we yeah. want to thank you for being on today. We definitely enjoyed it and hopefully we'll get to do this again soon and hopefully our paths will cross at some point. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Fans, definitely jump on the YouTubes. Go search out DeLorean Diggs and follow his career. He's going to be very, very, very good. He's very well trained, obviously. Going to be doing some big things, so jump on the bandwagon earlier rather than later. Don't forget you can find me on tomorrow's gouge show in raleigh north carolina i'll be making my way out there later tonight so come to clouds tap room in raleigh check out gouge going to be a huge show a memorial show for big slam that passed away last year so it's a big deal for the people of gouge support that also you can find me sunday i was just added on to a benefit show at the Auburn Washington Super Mall at the fitness place there in the mall. So you can go check that out. It's a benefit show for BASH, which helps uh, statewide hunger issues. They ask that you bring a non-perishable item and a $10 donation to get in to see that. But that's where you can find me over the next few days. Also, the SOS Wrestling happening tomorrow in Seattle to be streamed on Tuesday. So there's lots out there. Get out there, support pro wrestling. There's a lot happening this week as things continue to open up. Everyone continue to be safe, and we will talk to you Sunday afternoon when our guest is Drake Kwan out of the Pacific Northwest. He will, I believe, be on the aforementioned SOS program, so be here when we talk to him on Sunday, and we'll talk to you soon.